Torrent. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Have you ever felt like a failure? I suppose that almost every one of us has felt like a failure. But the interesting thing is that in spite of the fact that Jesus went through so many, many difficult circumstances, persecution, disbelief, unbelief, virtually spitting in his face, maligning him falsely, and so on, the Bible said of him, my servant shall not be discouraged. My servant shall not be discouraged. So here's my question for you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then why are you discouraged? Why do you feel like a failure? The problem is every single one of us holds this treasure in earthen vessels, don't we? And so we are tempted to think we're failing. There are various reasons for that because we might have failed in a variety of certain ways. For instance, Abraham Lincoln failed over and over and over again until he succeeded. Thomas Edison failed over and over and over again in pursuit of the incandescent light bulb until he succeeded. How many people have failed and failed and failed and failed until they succeeded? Maybe the experience of failure was actually the seed from which success would come. And yet, most of us don't realize that because we live too much according to the lordship of our feelings. And our time today... In this time of of uh, the season of life and uh, the world and the timing of the world that we live in, feelings, particularly in the Western world and particularly in America, have become the unfortunate lord of our lives. We have seeming to want to walk away from facts and even from faith and rely upon our feelings, which have become substitutes for our faith, and then we call the feelings the Holy Spirit. Well, why is it that the feelings, if they're the Holy Spirit, would be leading us into dissing courage in our lives and more failure? Today on Viewpoint, we want to take a look at this matter of failure because God does not want us to walk in a spirit of failure. He wants us to walk in truth and in holiness, and in righteousness. He wants us to walk in peace. He wants us to walk in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. But he also wants to walk with purpose and direction and hope. How can we do that if we're walking in failure? Failure gives birth to discouragement. I'm convinced of it. But discouragement then paves the way for even more failure. Why? Because when you dis courage, there is nothing left. That's why the famous uh, philosopher Gatey once said, courage lost, all lost. Courage lost, all lost. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to have an interesting conversation with a new guest, uh, Liberty. We have Liberty for All right here on Viewpoint today. Her last name was Turnipseed. I thought she was related to Johnny Appleseed, but she said no. 
but Liberty Turnipseed is joining us with her book, Anointed to Win. And uh, we're talking here about the matter of failure. Liberty, it's so good to have you on the program. Hi there. It's awesome to be on with you today. Well, we uh, are dealing with this matter of failure. And it seems that uh, after so many, many years of uh, ministry, uh, not only here with this radio program and this uh, uh, ministry called Save America Ministries, but also as a pastor and then also as a Christian lawyer for 20 years, what I have experienced is that one of the things that's most destructive is this sense, I failed, I failed, I failed, and what it does it's like sucking, uh, looking at it from a, a physical standpoint. If you lose all the sugar in your body, there's no more energy, nothing left. And uh, so you can fall into all kinds of physical problems and all kinds of emotional problems. And I think that's where oftentimes where the body of Christ is today. What say yep. you? Yep, I agree 100%. So, uh, You've been involved in, in ministry for many years, haven't you? Yes. Yep, for over 20 years. 20 years. Okay. Well, that's that's a goodly amount of time. And uh, do you sense today that feelings have largely become kind of the uh, the Lord and the leadership of people's lives, even in the name of Christ? Yes. I do believe that um, many follow their feelings, and it's unfortunate, but the body of Christ has also fallen into the culture of basically the way the world is run, but especially America right now. Yes, right. That's right. Mm -hmm. No question about it. And by the way, I actually lived and was teaching school during the time when the whole shift on its axis in our country took place concerning the shift from facts and faith to feelings. It happened in the early 1970s. I was teaching school in public Cali- in, in California, and uh, all of a sudden, it seemed to become the, the moving philosophy of education that uh, all, st- all teachers were to go to special weekend classes called encounter classes. And in those encounter classes, you were taught not to speak in terms of truth, not to speak in terms of facts, not to speak in terms of faith but always to say, I feel, I feel, I feel. That metastasized very quickly into the body of Christ uh, during the God is Love movement in the early 1970s, the church growth movement began to take place, then was amplified in the 1990s with the uh, seeker-sensitive movement, and everything became about my feelings. Well, if everything is about my feelings, isn't that a setup for failure? Yes, 100%. So you're writing about this matter of failure. You're calling it failure-ism. Now, that's an interesting uh, phrase, an interesting term, because an ism really is a kind of uh, belief system. It's a limited belief system. We have lots of uh, isms out there. We have communism, Marxism. You're saying we have failure-ism. Isn't it interesting that Christianity, though, is not an ism? Yes, very interesting. So the reality is that an ism is something that seems to be real, 
seems to have an element of truth about it, but actually is deceptive. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. So why is failure deceptive? And you talk about that in your book. Yes. Um, basically, uh, without jumping the gun, but it it basically, failureism wants you to think that, First of all, you failed. You're always going to fail. And it deceives you into thinking that you can earn things on your own, that you don't need Christ to do it. Uh, There's so much involved. There's not, I mean, there's not one thing. And I address so many different things in the book. Well, you sure do. You've got uh, chapter after chapter after chapter. We'll get into some of those details after this break. Stay tuned, friends. Anointed to win. $13 on our website, saveus.org. It just might encourage you to get out of a spirit of failure. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. feel like a failure do you find evidence that you are a failure are you thinking about concentrating repeating that evidence in your mind and your heart day after day mulling it over convinced that you have failed well maybe you have failed in certain areas but what is that anyway today on viewpoint we're talking about that and i want to share just a little bit uh, with you as we launch deeper into our conversation with our special guest, Liberty Turnipseed, here today. The experiences that I have had in my life are almost beyond description in terms of the opportunity to fail. This day, the last two days, I had an opportunity to chat with three of my junior high school friends. This would be the 60th anniversary of the high school reunion of those friends. And so I decided to have a, shall we say, an alternative uh, session with them instead of going to a reunion. So we talked on the telephone. And as we talked today, I was sharing with one of them that I had spent, I had gone to 26 schools. 26 schools. How do you go to 26 schools and not have a spirit of failure? How do you deal with failure when you've had to go be uprooted over and 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 over again all across the country? Is it possible? Now, there are two ways to look at that. Either this was a form of some sort of child abuse or that somehow through the challenges to fail, there was the opportunity to actually become stronger in order to succeed at something more important. How do you look at the circumstances in your life? Do you see them as setting you apart for failure or as setting you apart for something far more important that God would have for you to do if only you had seen it and viewed it properly? 
Today on Viewpoint, this matter of failure is right before our eyes. It's standing right before our eyes, and God does not want you to be a failure. So, Liberty Turnipseed is writing a book, Anointed to Win. She says that we do not need to walk in a spirit of failure because it disempowers our present and ruins our future, and she's absolutely right. Tell us why, Liberty. Yes. Um, the spirit of failureism's entire goal is to, to not just keep you from moving forward, but it wants to ruin everything God's doing in your current moment, basically your present. Uh, it wants to ruin whatever he's doing in between, basically what you're doing to work at getting to whatever goal he's given you. And that can be through work, ministry, um, maybe you work in the secular world, you don't do ministry, whatever it is. Um, the enemy's goal is for you to not walk in what is available to you through the cross. And so the, the entire time it wants to keep you at a place where you never move forward, you never see a bright future, you never see that God's plan can come to pass in your life, and it spends literally years deceiving people and keeping them from believing that they can accomplish anything. And people say, well, that sounds really like it's not that extreme in my life. I don't really have anything, you know, totally trying to destroy me or fully steal my belief system that I can accomplish things. It doesn't have to be on a grand scale. This demon is very deceptive. It comes in and it starts with little things. And then those little things begin to manifest and affect every area of your life, and you don't even know you're doing it. And the whole time, the enemy's laughing, and he's just going, yep, I'm planting seeds. I'm preparing them to basically not walk in victory and not be able to move forward. And the, the manifestations and the side effects of the spirit at work it, are so subtle at first. It doesn't just come in and like a flood and hit you over the head. Right. It comes and, in on what uh, what uh, uh, Carl Sandburg once said on little cat feet, like fog yeah. on little cat feet. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And you don't. It's so subtle at first, um, and that's why it's deceptive. And you know the old saying. I I think it's an old saying. Uh, deception is deceiving. <laughs> that's the whole point. And um, it, it comes in subtly because it knows that if it comes in like a, like a hammer or like a bat hitting you upside the head, you're going to recognize it. It's going to be like a flash of lightning. It doesn't come in like that. And so because of that, it finds little open doors. And right. it, it's, it's real. Well, the question it's, is how those doors real. get opened. And so... Uh, this matter of failure and its consequences is not just something that is done to us. It's something we do to ourselves. We set the stage yes. for it, do we not? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. So stinking thinking in our own minds and hearts and how we respond to circumstances that seem perhaps like we didn't succeed or we failed or things didn't go quite according to what we expected them to be, then we start heaping upon ourselves uh, all kinds of retribution false thoughts and so on, that somehow uh, 
uh, we're not able to move forward, we're not able to do this, we're not able to do that. And in the face of it all, we're, we're, we're confronted with the words in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How do we deal yeah. with this tension then between I can't and, I, and, and uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Well, um, one of the biggest things um, that I found about the spirit of failure and besides that it's uh, quiet and deceptive and very tricky is um, you do feel differently. And so, and I don't mean feelings like we discussed earlier, but your spirit feels differently. You feel down. You feel um, not necessarily depressed because it is very subtle at first. It, it, it can take a while for you to get there. So it's not like you're you're not willing to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. But there's something there that every day it, it, it's in there. You don't even know. Nobody's really speaking it to you. But you can feel that something is making you think that you are not making progress or you're not going to be able to make progress. And so, as you said earlier, when you start to believe that, you become your own worst enemy. And so, so as you're going into that tension, I mean, I would love everybody to recognize it when it first starts happening. It, it's not that easy. And so, because it is so sly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, as you learn and you acknowledge that it's a real problem, it's a real spirit, uh, it, the enemy sends this spirit out against God's people. And just that knowledge right there puts you in a position to begin to feel when the tension is coming and you're getting put in that in-between place where you have a choice to leap off the cliff and go all the way with failureism, which then you spiral down. And, you know, I talk about all that in the book, but um, deeper into the, the issues that come with it and the problems and the side effects. But... Um, it's recognizing it from the beginning, but I will say this. First and foremost, um, when that tension begins and you're able to recognize it through already reading the book and knowing that the, the spirit exists, uh, you're already 80% ahead on the devil. And the biggest thing is, is you have to remind yourself that it was all done on the cross. And it's not easy to, to do that every single day. It's not easy to get to that unshakable place. But that in-between tension that you feel, you should feel it once you know that the spirit exists. And so it begins to help you to recognize to make progress in thinking differently, not thinking, thinking, like you said. Right. Well, you it seems to, to me that you to you attacked direction with it. Liberty, it seems to me that you attacked the the fundamental problem uh, early on in your book when you talked about uh, how the experience of failure or our perception concerning failure leads us yes. to stop trusting God. Yes. And if there's any one thing that I am convinced here on the near edge of the second coming, if there's any one thing that God is after among his people is, trust me. Yes. 
Yes. Take me at my word. Cast all your care upon me. Do what I say. Stop fretting. And just simply obey. Trust me. Yep. But unfortunately, trust has fallen on very hard times. You know why? Because for the past 30 to 40 years, the word obey has fallen on exceedingly hard times, so much so that in the last five years, when I have asked numerous pastors and parachurch leaders on this program what the most hated word of the church is, it's obey. We do not like that word. Somehow we've framed it as legalism, and because we refuse to obey, we find ourselves in ever deeper frustration and even failure. What say you? Yep, that's exactly um, it. And we, uh, a lack of obedience will keep you from, um, number one, recognizing that when you obey, that there's another power source or another ability behind that obedience that isn't your own. And if you don't figure that out, you will literally, as you said earlier, you'll spend your whole your whole life trying to figure it out yourself mm-hmm. and then beating yourself up for not figuring it out. Right. And you, when the whole time, it's literally back and forth, and simple obedience cures a lot of things. You know what? Jesus faced exactly this situation. He was on this planet for three and a half years, teaching, preaching, and healing. And at first there were multitudes that followed, and it seemed like he was vastly successful. It was almost like his ministry went viral. But then all of a sudden, as he continued to obey the Father, he said, I came here only to obey my Father. But as he did that, people left. In fact, it got to the point where Every single person that had been following him left. And the only ones that were left were his disciples. And he said, are you going to leave too? Yeah. So Jesus himself faced and had to deal with this sense of failure. You know what enabled him not to live in it? He was convinced that he was obeying God, and that was all that was required of him. Yep. Why can't we be convinced like that? Yes, and and 100%, that is so um, important, and it's a priority, honestly, if you are going to walk in the power of the cross and not succumb to failure or believing the lie of failureism. Obedience is, it, as I said, it just cures a lot of things. Um, it, it brings you over a lot of hurdles that you, you can avoid a lot of things just by being obedient. And In fact, you can avoid most things. Uh, the, the problem is how you approach what seems to be like a failure. This afternoon, as I was chatting with one of these uh, former friends of mine from my junior high era back in 1957, believe it or not, hmm. um, I was uh, telling uh, him about some of the circumstances in my life and what I was doing with regard to uh, the radio program, 28 and a half years here on the air, an hour a day live every day, and so on. And he said, wow, I don't understand how you can do that. 
And so he said, well, how many listeners do you have? People always want to know that. Well, how many listeners do you have? And my answer was, I don't know. And in one sense, I don't care. Why don't I care? Because if I care about how many listeners I have, then it could lead me to be or feel discouraged. That's not why I do what I do. I don't do what I do in order to gain some particular number of listeners to please uh, some audience out there. I do it because God asked me to do it. If yeah. God asked me to do something and I'm doing everything that he asked me to do, then that's enough for me. Why is it we cannot be satisfied with what God asks us to do, then do it and rest in that? I think anything else leads to terrible frustration and uh, opening up to a spirit of failure. We're right back, friends. Anointed to win. $13 to put this fascinating book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Delight always to join you here on Viewpoint to confront the deepest issues that touch our hearts and our homes from God's eternal perspective. If we let our emotions take control and allow our feelings to lead us around, then we continue to fall deeper, deeper into a sense of failure. Why? Maybe we're looking in the wrong place. Maybe we don't even know how to trust God. Maybe we're not willing to surrender, as we used to sing, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Would that not solve some of our sense of failure if we truly rested in that? We might actually be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do more for the kingdom of God if we lived like that. Don't you think, uh, Liberty? Yes, yes, um, definitely, 100%. I am uh, so troubled by people who just seem to live always in the womb of defeat. It's almost like they try to seize defeat out of the jaws of victory. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and it, it, it becomes a familiar spirit. Yes, it does. I know you didn't use that term, but it, it becomes like a familiar spirit. It's yeah. it's like a habit that becomes characteristic of my my very being, my character, and defines not only my present but my future. Yes, it, 
becomes your your normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's a very dangerous place to be. And if we're on the near edge of the second coming, we should be preparing to be stronger than ever in the spirit of the Lord, in the power yes. of his might, shouldn't we? Yes. Yet we're weaker yes. and weaker. Yes. Wow. And, uh, yep. Yep. Wow. We, we, we are in a position <sighs> of... Um, when we were talking at the beginning of the show about uh, feelings, feelings lie. And um, wait, wait a minute. Your feelings lie. Yes. Feelings lie. Oh, would your, would your husband agree with you? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, time for truth. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, and as you said, everything's, uh, everything is so about feelings and the culture and relativity. Yeah. Um, feelings lie, and uh, we can't we can't be a body of Christ based on feelings. We can't make decisions based on feelings. We can't become unshakable based on feelings. And the reality is, as you said, it's a familiar spirit that comfort zone that we right. create. We don't know we're creating it. And so when the spirit of failureism comes in, subtly through all these different uh, demonic open doors, they become like our little friends, our pets. You know? <laughs> so failure settles in in, the yes. zo- in our comfort zones. Yes. Well, maybe God doesn't want us to be so comfortable. No, maybe. I mean, do you find Jesus uh, walking around in a comfort zone all the time? Did the disciples walk around in a comfort zone? No, it was just the opposite. You know, I'm thinking about so many, many different things. I've been around this planet a while. And uh, I remember back shortly after I uh, began the practice of law in California. And the Lord moved upon my heart, strangely, that I should run for public office. He said, I want you to go run for public office. And I, I had not desired to do that had no thought about doing that, had not been involved in politics, nothing like that. So I believe that I heard from the Lord directly, and so guess what I did? I looked to see if there was an office that was open, and lo and behold, the very next day, right on the front page of the paper, the dean of the California Assembly in my district was resigning. Hmm. I went right down, registered myself as a candidate, and began the process of running not knowing anything about doing this. Well, as a result, I walked 500 miles door-to-door during that campaign. Literally, I did. And uh, knocking on doors and so on, I had no money. As a result of that, people began to notice the nature of the campaign that we were running, and they loved it. I didn't win. I didn't win because he decided to run again. So I lost that campaign after spending six months of my life walking door to door. Then two years later came the next opportunity and did resign. This time, six other people decided to run. And the Lord had said, this is what I want you to do. So I signed up again, walked another 500 miles. Guess what? I didn't win. Now, how should I respond to that? Liberty, should I say, woe is me? 
I am undone. I can't do anything. I'm an utter failure. I didn't hear from God. All of these kinds of things. Well, initially you feel, wow, that was quite a letdown. But you know what my wife and I began to see? This was God's way of preparing me to do something much more important and much bigger. And if I had not learned that discipline and that faithfulness to press on against odds, I would never be able to do what I do today here on this program. Yes. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yep. And so you you went back, which surprisingly, because honestly, the spirit of failure would not have wanted you to go back and do it again. You got that right, sister. You got that right. I'll tell you, I mean, there are real disappointments. Yeah. Real disappointments. Yeah. But, you, you know, it's like... Um, it's like the coach once said, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yeah. Hmm? Yep. Isn't God calling us to be ten, tough-minded and tender-hearted? Yes. We've, yeah, got, we we've got to, to stand to up and press on in the Holy Spirit, in obedience, in righteousness, listening to the voice of the Lord, being faithful. Don't you think he will Pull us out of that spirit of failure. Yes, he will. If we put our feet in front of us, if like you said, there's the big if, it's the big, it. it's the biggest little word in the Bible, isn't it? Yes. If, if yes. my people, if you, yes. then I, if you, then I, if you, then I. And I'm thinking of some folk yep. right now who are experiencing this very problem. And are desperately in need of this message. And it might be you, my friend. It just might be. The book, Anointed to Win. Many things in this book will probably touch your mind and your heart. Our guest today calls it overcoming the demon of uh, failureism. Whether you like that terminology is not the point. The point is you're dealing with failure. And it's a spirit that's overcome you. And it's commandeering your life. And you're not happy, you're not fulfilled, and God's not happy either. $13, we'll put it in your hands. It's a $15 book. It's on our website, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, Two three two five five. Writing a check at five dollars for postage and handling, and we'll get it in your hands. You know, Liberty. I'm thinking uh, the song "Just as I Am" that used to be so common in Billy Graham campaigns. Yeah. Fightings and fears within, without. O Lamb of God, I come. Yeah. Fightings and fears. Failures within and without, O Lamb of God, I come. I come, and I'm going to trust you. Though none go with me. Though none go with me, yet I will follow. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So it's not about what other people think. No. No. What a prison that is to live in a world of what other people think. Can you imagine what it would be like for me when I know certain people that got budgets in order to launch radio programs. I know exactly how they got started. I know how Dr. James Dobson got started. 
He was my friend before he ever started Focus on the Family. Yeah. That's right. You know how he got started? A publishing company gave him a quarter of a million dollars in the early in the mid 1970s to launch a half hour weekend program. Wow. Do you know that most ministries today have budgets of even small ministries, budgets of millions of dollars? If I were to compare what we do here 30 years to what other people do and have, I would have quit long ago. Mm-hmm. We can't keep our eyes on what other people do. No. God calls you and me to do what he wants me to do, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Comparison will will ruin you and and will open the door to failureism to get a complete grip on you. Or envy. Yes. Both of them are a killer. Yes. They basically, if you live in that mentality, then your works are always going to be what everything's based on. And when you fail, it will cripple you. And that's what the enemy wants is for us to be crippled. And he knows if he can get in our head and and make us compare or envy mm-hmm. or or do what we do. You know, when I started, um, when the Lord told me to start Spirit Move Ministries, uh, I don't believe I addressed this in the book. I could write, a, well, I'm going to be doing an updated version. I already talked to Charisma about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure I have double the size of a book now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my editor's like, Liberty, you're going to be just be doing an updated version, and you're going to have all kinds of new content. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I when I started the ministry, I was already a pastor in ministry, ordained um, with the Assembly of God and serving and doing all that, um, and pastors of a church, and all that was happening. And when the Lord told me to begin um, my online ministry, Spirit Move Ministry, I did not want to do it. All right, hold that thought. Hold that thought as we go into the break. We'll be right back, friends. Liberty, turn up, see her book, Anointed to Win. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. James, the brother of Jesus, said, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know why most people or many people feel like a failure? Because they're hearers of the word and not doers. 
just saying, Liberty, you were telling us a little account concerning your life there. Yes. Um, when the Lord had directed me, basically, very firmly over and over for about eight months to start the online ministry outside of the church that we were planting, mm-hmm. I was very hesitant, and I I really didn't feel like I was called to get on social media and mm-hmm. and do all that, you know, and be in the public eye in that form. I was already in the public eye, but it was it's a whole nother realm, and you know that, right? And so, when I agreed to start my channel first on YouTube, the Lord told me to do it. I know people want to be like, "That's not the Lord." Yes, it is. He told me to get on and begin to release the times and seasons prophecies that He was giving me. And to begin to encourage people and prepare them for what's coming. And this was in 2018. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You think something's coming? Of course. (laughs) Well, it's it's about time you come out with it, sister. What is it that's coming? What do you think is coming? Well, the shaking, which is what we're in. Uh And and so he had told me to to release um, this channel. And he gave me the name Spirit Move Ministry, and which is what my ministry, you know, it blew up and all that. But at the time, like you were saying, when if you judged your listeners or what the listeners for someone else's channel on what you do or don't do or whether you have fire or don't have fire or whether you're encouraged or discouraged, then you're not going to have what you need to fully release what God's given you. That's true. And so. When I start, and failure does not want you to do that. And so when, when he told me to start this ministry, I was just not real sure about it. I was like, I don't know about that. I don't like social media. I'm just not sure about this. And um, he was like, Liberty, that I have something for you to say, and there's people that need to hear the way you speak. And so I said, okay. And so I agreed to do it. The first, um, I would say, 18 months, I had no subscribers. I mean, I don't even know. I had like a hundred or something, but I didn't. I didn't do it for them. I did it for Jesus, and so I got on. Well, good for you. I only had two hundred views. I wasn't watching it. I mm-hmm. didn't get on. I I didn't cry myself to sleep and dwell on if I got views that day. I simply obeyed. He said, "Get on, release the word of the Lord." And so I was doing what he told me to do. Good. It, it didn't matter to me how many subscribers I had. If I had 30 people listening, then amen to 30 people. And it, it's God's call, God's ministry, his spirit. Right. He'll do what he wants with it. We just have to be obedient. And so if I had succumbed to that 18 months of, of I think I had like 139 subscribers, um, before my ministry blew up, if you want to call it blowing up, I don't really like that terminology, but um, it's when the Lord began to allow his word to be released on a larger scale and to have more people listening and watching. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't call that blowing up. Yeah. I would call that expanding, uh, yeah. exploding, but not blowing up. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah we don't want to blow up. <laughs> But, you know, I didn't do anything to gain subscribers. Um, and I could have easily uh, been like, I'm not going to post any words. I'm not going to do that because mm. nobody's listening anyway, Lord. 
and I could have succumbed to failureism. And this that was about the time that um, the Lord gave me the original message and revelation of that it existed, and it was a real thing that was coming against the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was being attacked in every area. The church plant, um, you know, that's not for the faint of heart. Planning a church, leading, uh, being lead pastors, it's not for the faint of heart. And um, Well, living you know, for so, Christ in this day and age is no, not for the faint of heart. No. If you're doing it, you know, fully in obedience and... You know, yeah, you don't have to so, be. You don't have to be in full time ministry. You don't have to be on the internet. You no. don't have. You just have to be what God's called you to be, where you are planted, yeah. and if you will yeah. do the little things that He asked you to do, He will free you to do the next thing, and you will have a gradual sense that you are doing the will of God. You will not walk in failure. You'll not walk in ever-increasing frustration, but in ever-increasing fulfillment. That's what God wants. Amen. Amen. Mm. All right. Well, um, you know, we're we're together in kind of, uh, we're we're exhorting, we're encouraging uh, God's people here today like a coach. Uh, Can you imagine a team? whether it's a basketball team, a football team, a baseball team, or whatever, and they've lost a whole series of games, and they thought, it's all over. Forget it. It's all over. What happens to their ability to play with the skills that God has given to them? They're paralyzed. The spirit of the game is gone. God does not want that to happen in my life. He doesn't want that to happen in your life. I remember when I was 15 years of age, and uh, I was in the second high school that I had been in, actually the third high school in my high school year. I went to four high schools all across the country, believe it or not. So I was in the third high school, and by the time we got there, and I was in a mechanical drawing class, and they were doing things that... I had not previously done. I didn't know anything about this architectural drawing, and I was used to being a straight-A student. And I realized, I'm not going to get an A here. I'm going to be lucky to get a C. So I went to my, my mother, and I said, Mom, I'm just really struggling here. I was feeling on the edge of failure, depression. Mm-hmm. And she said, Chuck... Hang in there. Just do your best. Do your best, and God will do the rest. By the time we threw, I got an A. But I had to press through. And there are so many things like that, I believe, Liberty, where God presents us with situations that he wants us to press through on so that he can prepare us for the next challenge because he has something ever bigger down the road for us to do for his glory. Yes, that's exactly right. Now, are you encouraging your husband in these regards, or is he encouraging you, or both? I think both. (laughs) (laughs) Because we need each other, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And you have kids? Yes, I have three sons, Matthew, Zachary, and Daniel. Uh Uh-huh. And how old are they? 
they are actually all uh, college age. Okay. So, well, you've got yes. your challenges then. You've had your challenges yes. for a long time. You still have them. Because once yes. a parent, always a parent. Yes. J- just ask me. We have 10 grandchildren, 10 and a half now. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, they're tempted to be discouraged too, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, especially in this day and age. Yeah, there's so much right now, so much. Yeah, and how about a young lady or a young man who historically, by the age of 21 to 24, would probably be married? Now they're in their late 20s and 30s and still can't find somebody. Yeah. That's an interesting application about the feeling of failure, isn't it? Yes. Speak yes, to it. It seems, it seems that they're older and older, older and older when they get married now. Well, there are two reasons for that. One is they haven't been trained to be independent. And number two, they can't find a spouse that's a real believer. Yeah. Yep. It's a dangerous time. So you can feel frustrated. You can feel like a failure. What do you say to a young person there? I would say... Um, Trust the plan that God has for you and trust that he's been planning it since the beginning of time, Mm. since before you were in your mother's womb. And so if you're a young person, a Gen Z out there, um, or a younger millennial, and uh, you feel like there's areas in your life that, as Chuck is uh, describing, marriage, uh, getting married, starting a family, maybe that perfect career, the college degree, whatever it is, Mm. just know that if you listen to God, you pray, you obey, and that's the the main key is the obedience. If you're obeying God, you have to know that he has a great plan for you. And if you, no matter how long it takes for all these different steps in your life to happen, if you know that in the end, at the end of every single day, that God is your source, He's your savior. He's he's known you since before you were born. He has a plan. He's not failing you. And if he's not failing, then you're not failing. Mm-mm-mm. It's not his timing yet. And well, so- thank you for you have you have exhorted exactly right there. And I'm glad that I gave you that opportunity to step in and do that because uh, these are difficult times for young people. Yes. They really are. They're difficult times for yes. everyone. But, but per, for young people, they're very difficult times. And yeah. we've been, uh, you know, trying to guide uh, our various grandchildren. The oldest is now, uh, will be 30 uh, this weekend. And oh, wow. uh, he went through lots of very, very difficult situations. And he's now in his second year of residency as a surgeon. Go wow. figure. If you know yeah, his amazing. story, if you knew his story, you would understand the power of pressing forward. You just would. And uh, we want to encourage you, my friend. Do not allow the spirit of failure to gain dominion in your life. Don't do it. Do not give. You know, the Bible says don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the engines of his destruction. One of those is failure. It just is. Don't do it. My servant shall not be discouraged stop dissing your courage Mm -hmm. stop it 
Let's get on and press on. Now, all of this uh, brings a paralysis in our life, uh, and that's what concerns me, Liberty, uh, yeah. that, that uh, failure, the spirit of failure brings a paralysis in my life. I feel I can't do anything. I can't go forward. Woe is me. And uh, that woe is me attitude is just not going to allow the spirit of the Lord to gain uh, supremacy in my life, is it? Yes. No, it's going to it's gonna hinder you because just that one statement, that one thought process makes everything about you. Mm-mm-mm. It makes everything about me, you know. Uh, it, it makes it about uh, your feelings, what you think you can accomplish physically by your own strength, by your own hands. When we know that God is in it, Satan can't steal our no. fire. Failureism can't come in. Um, just like with you, you didn't quit. You you ran again a second time, not even knowing if it was going to make a difference or you were going to win. And you kept the same fire, and that's what the body of Christ has to have, is we cannot lose our fire when Mm-mm-mm. things come up against us and yeah. then sit and do woe is me. We can't we exactly. have to know God is greater. And, and, and we have to keep pressing forward, forgetting yes. those things that are behind, yes. reaching forward on those things that are before. We press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, knowing that it is he who is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Friends, we've got to leave it there. Thanks for joining us, Liberty. Appreciate your joining us here on the program tonight. Anointed to win, friends. It's a $15 book, yours for $13 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handy. And seriously consider becoming a partner. You see, we don't have commercial program, commercial uh, advertising here. Why? Because we don't want to dependent, be dependent on other people's money. God's depending on you, and we depend on Him. Be a doer of the work, and not a hearer only, deceiving your own self. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.